Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Pastor Brian from Chapel of Change, and uh, it is a joy to be able to connect with you via YouTube or Facebook or even our webpage, chapelofchange.org. Thanks for tuning in for our Sunday worship and Sunday studying of uh, God's Word. Do me a favor, if you're watching my Facebook, hit share so that your family and friends can get this word as well. If you're watching on Chapel Change TV YouTube page, go ahead and hit subscribe. We want to build up our uh, subscribers so that we can reach more people with the gospel. Now, uh, I'm excited to get into the word of God with you today. I want to invite you to turn to Luke chapter 13, verse 31 through 33. Again, that's Luke chapter 13, verse 31 through 33. Uh, as you turn there, I want to send a shout out to all our different campuses, Long Beach campus, Paramount campus, Whittier campus, uh, Paramount campus, Carson campus. Uh, it is a joy to be connected with you either online or in person at any one of our outdoor or even indoor uh, services. Now, Luke chapter 13, Verse 31 through 33 is going to be the focus of our study of this morning. Let me read the scripture out of the NIV version. It says, At that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, Leave this place and go somewhere else. Herod wants to kill you. He replied, Go tell that fox, I will keep on driving out demons and healing people today and tomorrow. And on the third day, I will reach my goal. In any case, I must press on today and tomorrow and the next day. For surely no prophet can die outside of Jerusalem. Wow, what a powerful uh, exchange. What a what a powerful description of Jesus in this particular text. And did you know that one of the fiercest statements that Jesus ever made uh, was here in verse thirty three, where he says, "I must press on. I must press on." Now Jesus is just hit with intimidation. He's just hit with discouragement and even rejection. And we see Jesus pushing back with this fierce tenacity when he says, I must press on. I must press on. Now, church, for the next several Sundays, we are going to study together from the subject, press on, press on. Many of us need a spiritual a recharge. Many of us have been hit with trials and traumas trying to stop us. And as we study the word together for the next several weeks on this subject, I believe that we are going to gain power to press on. And we're going to be able to say with Jesus, I must press on. I, I must press on through the trials. I must press on through the trauma and drama. I must press on through the stress. I must press on through the hardship. Someone say, I must 
press on. In fact, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, type it in on the comment section, press on, press on. Now, as we look in this text, Luke chapter 13, we see a confrontation between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. Now remember, as we've taught several times before, the Bible is the story of two warring kingdoms, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. The kingdom of God is God's civilization that is ruled by his presence, his reign, and his order. So whenever you see God's presence and his reign and his order breaking out in the world, that right there is the kingdom of God. And we learned that the kingdom of God was launched in Genesis uh, chapter 1 and 2, and that regretfully uh, we lost the kingdom in Genesis chapter 3 because of sin. But the good news is, church, that Jesus' life, death, and resurrection relaunched the kingdom in power and authority. So, in so much that when we surrender our hearts to King Jesus, the Bible teaches that we become citizen soldiers in the kingdom of God. Citizen soldiers in the kingdom. One of my favorite verses is Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 in the New Living Translation. It says, for he, speaking of Jesus, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred, get that word, transferred us in the, into the kingdom of his dear son. Praise God. At the moment of salvation, there was this divine transfer that took place where we moved from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And now, now, as citizen soldiers of the kingdom of God on earth, we are to live to advance God's kingdom. We are to live to advance God's kingdom, and we do this in the midst of a fallen civilization. We do this in the midst of spiritual warfare, and this is why Satan fights us so hard. Satan fights us to try and stop the kingdom agenda from advancing. And this is what we see in Luke chapter 13. Satan is trying to stop Jesus from advancing, and by doing so, he's trying to stop the kingdom agenda from advancing in this world. Jesus had always been set on going to Jerusalem to fulfill of the Father's plan. For example, in Luke 13, verse 22, it says that Jesus went through the towns and villages teaching as he made his way to Jerusalem. So when we see him in Luke chapter 13, he's making his way to Jerusalem, but the enemy comes and tries to stop him. But praise be to the Lord Jesus Christ. He pushes back with this, with this tenacity in verse 33, where he says, I must press on. Now, beloved, if, if you start anything from the Lord or for the Lord, listen, Satan will try to throw things at you 
to try to stop you. If you do anything significant from the Lord, Satan will try to throw things at you to try to stop you. He'll throw bad situations at you, hard situations at you. He'll throw physical challenges at you. He'll throw people at you. He'll throw trials, trauma, and drama at you to try to stop you. Amen. Now, in our study today, I want to identify two things that Satan throws at us that we must press through. Two things that he throws at us, and we'll continue the study next Sunday, but for today, for today I want to identify two things that Satan throws at us to try to stop us. Number one, someone say number one, and write down this point in the comment section. Press through the spirit of religion. Press through the spirit of religion. Now, I want to call your attention to verse 31. It says, at that time, some Pharisees came to Jesus. Pharisees came to Jesus. Now, look how sneaky this attack of the enemy was. Satan doesn't come to Jesus in full costume as he did when he tried when he met Jesus in the in the desert. No, no. Instead, uh, uh, you see him using the cloak of religion to try to stop kingdom agenda. The cloak of religion. The Bible says some Pharisees came to Jesus. What are Pharisees? Pharisees were religious. Leaders. They were religious leaders. And, and I want to suggest to us in our study this morning that here we see Satan using the spirit of religion to try and stop the kingdom agenda from advancing. Now the spirit of religion is hard to discern because it looks good on the surface. Uh, and the longer you have been a Christian, the stronger the spirit of religion tries to attack you. And it's very fascinating when you think about how can one be serving the Lord in the same church for 20 years and still not be deeply transformed. I would suggest to you it is because of the spirit of religion. Got to press through the spirit of religion. Now, what is the spirit of religion? Let me give you some description of the spirit of religion. Well, the spirit of religion is activity for God, but apart from God. It's activity for God, but apart from God. The spirit of religion is talking to God, but not with God. You're always talking to God. You want this, you want that, but you're never talking with God. There's not a, there's not a, a two-way communication going on. The spirit of religion is, is serving God out of obligation and not gratitude. You serve the Lord out of obligation. You, you have to serve the Lord. This is what, this is what you do, and, and this is what you have to do. So the spirit of religion serves the Lord out of obligation, but not out of overflow of gratitude from your heart. The spirit of religion is putting work for God above worship of God. You put work for God above worship for God. So you're always working for God, but you're never worshiping God. It's possible, beloved. It's possible to serve God without a relationship with Him. It's possible to serve God without a relationship with Him. It's possible to go to church regularly and still not have a relationship with God. I want to suggest to us that the 
spirit of religion is probably the most sneakiest attack of the enemy because it looks good on the surface. It looks good on the surface. It feels good in the moment. But there's no power to transform in it. There's no power to transform in the spirit of religion. And that's why the enemy wants you to serve the Lord in the spirit of religion because he knows there's no, there's no power to transform in it. Whenever religious activities replace relationship with God, God's power is no longer experienced. That's, that's a cold reality. Whenever religious, whenever religious activities replace relationship with God, it, 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 God's power is no longer experienced. I remember studying in the book of Galatians, there was this a dilemma in the early church and the Apostle Paul wrote the book of Galatia, uh, Galatians to combat the spirit of religion because the spirit of religion was trying to take over the church. And in the book of Galatians, this word uh, circumcision came to be synonymous with religion. That, that word uh, circumcision was synonymous with religion. It, it, it came to symbolize religion. And Apostle Paul made this powerful statement in Galatians 5.2. He says, if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. In other words, he's saying if you, if you allow yourself to be overcome with religion and not relationship, then Christ will profit you nothing. Then, then the power of God will cease to be experienced in your life. Yes, you will serve God, but there will be no power in it. There will be no power in it. Church, beloved followers of Jesus, listen, if you go to church because it's a religious thing to do rather than because you are motivated to, to spend time worshiping with God and learning about God and experiencing more about God, then that is the spirit of religion. Let me say that again. We need to really ponder upon this. If you go to church because it's the religious thing to do rather than than because you're motivated to spend time with God and worship God and learn more about Him, experience more about God, then that is the spirit of religion. Religion says, I obey God because it makes me feel good about my life. Relationship says, I obey God because I want to live pleasing to the Lord. That's why I obey God. I want to I live pleasing to God. Religion says, I, I have to go to church. I, I have to go to church. But relationship says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I, I, I'm glad to serve the Lord. It's a joy to worship the Lord. It's a joy to give back to God. That's the, that's the spirit of relationship versus the spirit of religion that, that always induce, does things out of obligation and and it's, it's, it's a subtle, it's a subtle attack of the enemy. One of the scariest uh, Bible verses is Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 and 23, where Jesus says, On that day, speaking of day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many works, mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. 
Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. One of the scariest verses where, where, where people who thought they were saved said, Lord, I served you. I, I, I did work for you. And Jesus turns around and says, I never knew you. Depart from me. That word knew, it implies relation. I never had a relationship with you. You, you never talked to me. Yeah, you, you worked for me, but you never worshipped me. The enemy throws that spirit of religion on us. We need to press through it. May, may we live out of the overflow of our relationship with God and not a religious spirit. The second thing that we need to press through that I see in this exchange uh, with Jesus and the Pharisees is that we need to press through displacement. Press through displacement. What do I mean when I say displacement? Well, displacement speaks of being pushed from your rightful place. Being pushed out of your rightful place. And I noticed something in verse 31. It says, the Pharisees came to Jesus and said to him, leave this place. Notice what they said. Leave this place. What are they trying to do? They're trying to move Jesus from his place. They, they told him, leave this place. Now, we often hear the statement that says the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And although that is true, I would suggest to us that Satan comes to us less to kill us and more to try to move us from our place. He, I would suggest to us that he doesn't try to kill you as much as he tries to displace you. I would, I would suggest to us that the goal of Satan and the kingdom of darkness is to displace us so that we do not fulfill our kingdom assignment, the kingdom agenda that God has given us right where we're at, where, where we're supposed to be. And so he tries to move you from your place in your home. He tries to move you from your place as a father or a mother. He tries to move you from your place in church or your place of prayer. Or he tries to move you from your place as a watchman on the wall. Beware, beware, beloved, of distractions and diversions and detours trying to displace you from, from where you're supposed to be. Beware of distractions, diversions, and detours. The enemy throws to get us, get us off course. Beware, beware. Many years ago, a Korean airliner uh, was shot out of the sky tragically by a Russian fighter pilots. And they found when they did the investigation, when that Korean airliner took off, uh, the navigation system was point five percent off point five percent off it was such a small error that when the korean airline uh, took off they didn't notice it. but but the farther they flew out the farther they got off course the farther they, they, they went off course and out of place until unknowing to the pilot, they, they were flying over Russian territory and regretfully uh, the Russian jet fighter uh, shot the airplane out of the sky. 
As I was thinking about that. And that's the same thing that the enemy does in our life. That's the enemy, uh, same thing the enemy tries to do to us. He tries to displace us. He tries to, he tries to, he, he, he works in small increments to try to move us from where we're supposed to be, where we're supposed to be standing, where we're supposed to be rooted, where we're supposed to be grounded, where we're supposed to be fulfilling God's assignment in our life. And he does it in increments, small increments. So it may start off where we, uh, you know, don't read our Bibles in the morning, right? Well, I don't need to read my Bible in the morning. And it's such a small kind of thing. And then, and then, it, and then it adds, well, I, I don't need to pray no more. I prayed last week. I don't need to pray today. And then, and then, it, then, it, then it goes to, well, I don't need to go to church regularly, right? I don't need to go to church regularly. And then, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, we're not reading our Bible, we're not praying, and we're not going to church at all. Starts in small increments. You see, my brothers and sisters, a person gets in trouble when they're out of place. A person, whether uh, whether a sister or a brother, gets gets in trouble when when he or she is out of place. You don't believe me? Just ask King David in the Bible. Ask King David in the Bible. In Second Samuel, David was supposed to be in battle with the rest of Israel. Instead, he stayed home out of his assigned place. And the Bible says in 2 Samuel chapter 11, verse 1, it says, in the spring of the year, the time when kings go out to battle, David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel. But get this, but David remained at Jerusalem. David remained at Jerusalem. David was supposed to be in battle. He was supposed to be in his place advancing the kingdom agenda. But instead, he was out of place and he stayed home in Jerusalem. Beloved, and do you know what happened after that? You read the story. You know what happened after that? David committed adultery. David lies. Ultimately, David commits murder. And the whole kingdom suffers. You could trace it back to David being out of his place. I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you that we need to cry out to God and say, Lord, give me the strength to stand. Give me the strength to be a watchman on the wall. Give me the strength to withstand the distractions and the diversions of the enemy that I stand my ground. I want to encourage you to pray that prayer. Psalms 18.33 in the New Living Translation, it says that God makes me as sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. The Bible also says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. I like that. Immovable. Don't allow the enemy to displace you. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on alert, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Our brothers and sisters, we need to stand we need to be sure-footed. We cannot, in the strength and grace of the Lord, allow the enemy to move us from our rightful place, advancing the kingdom of gender in our life.
So, as we look at this biblical record of Jesus, we see him pressing through the spirit of religion, and we see him pressing through uh, displacement. The enemy tried to move him. He says, no, I'm not going to move. I'm going to press on. And may that, may that, may that give us the strength to press forward no matter what we're going through in our life today. I hope you were encouraged by this study. May it strengthen you. May it empower you. At this time, I want to pray for you. I want to pray that God strengthen your faith to press on. If you need special prayer right now, I would encourage you, even where you're at, lift up your hands toward the monitor, and I'm going to pray for everybody who lifts up their hands toward the monitor. I'm going to ask God to strengthen your faith today. So if you need that special prayer, lift up your hands towards the monitor, wherever you're at, in your car, your living room, lift up your hands right now. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for whoever's lifting up their hands right now. Father, I pray that you strengthen their faith, O oh Lord God. Strengthen their faith. Energize their faith, Lord God. Lord, help them to press through the spirit of religion. Lord, help them to be connected to you that they might serve out of the overflow of gratitude in their heart. And Father God, when the enemy comes to move them, may they be able to say with Apostle Paul, none of these things move me. Give them the strength to be sure-footed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, my brothers and sisters, I hope you were encouraged by that message. I'm confident you were. I pray that you meditate upon that. Go back to that scripture. We will look at it again next week. I have some other things to teach you in that passage of scripture that's going to strengthen your faith to press on. And now we're going to transition our time uh, to prepare our hearts for our tithes and our offerings. If you're part of Chapel Change, or you just want to give back today, uh, this is going to be your opportunity to demonstrate your gratefulness to the Lord by giving an offering, giving your tithe unto the Lord. And I want to remind you, when you give to God through Chapel of Change, you are giving to good ground. You are investing in good ground. We are seeing the work of the Lord manifested in our church, through our church, uh, we are broadcasting on the radio, the gospel all throughout Los Angeles on KKLA every Sunday at 3.30, uh, 99.5, reaching thousands of people through the gospel and hundreds of people. Last week, I believe we had about 700 people in all our services come out, get impacted with the gospel, people surrendering their life to the Lord. I'm super excited to, to share that last week at our Wednesday night Carson Campus Bible study, man, there was over 100 people came out studying the word of God, worshiping the Lord. So this is good ground. And I want to encourage you, give your best gift unto the Lord today. Now, as you prepare to give your best gift to the Lord, after we close out with a blessing, you can give through our webpage, chapelofchange.org. In fact, there's multiple ways you can give. We'll put it up on the screen right now. Go to chapelofchange.org. You hit the giving button and follow those instructions. Very simple way to give. You can give through texting. There is a number on the screen and on our webpage where you text chapel to and you can give through your phone right then and there. You can mail in your offering to our Paramount location or you can give in person. We have about five in-person services on the weekend, Saturday 5 p.m. in Whittier, Sunday 9 a.m. in Carson, 9.30 Paramount, 11.30 Paramount, 
and 5 p.m. Carson. Soon those times are going to change, so always check our webpage for the updates of the church. A couple of announcements to make. If you want to be baptized, uh, we're going to celebrate water baptism May 22nd in the city of Whittier, May 30th in the city of Carson, and June 6th in the city of Paramount. Sign up. Sign up. Also, membership seminar coming up June 5th in Whittier and June 6th in the city of Carson. If you're not a member, you want to explore what it means to be a member of Chapel Change, every Christian needs to be rooted in a church. A Christian without a home church is like a turtle without a shell. So come take this next step. Explore what it means to be a part of Chapel of Change and an investor, a partner in Chapel of Change as together we will advance the kingdom of God in our generation. So what we're going to do now, beloved, is I'm going to just uh, pronounce a blessing over you and that will conclude our service, our time together and you can give unto the Lord. So if you're able, I want to invite you to stand to your feet. If you're able to lift up your hands unto the Lord, uh, it'll be my privilege and honor to pronounce a blessing over your life. Let's uh, lift up our hands unto the Lord. In the name of the Father, who loves you with an endless love. In the name of the Son, who died that you could live. And in the name of the Holy Ghost, who, who fills your heart with passion and love for the Lord. May you go this week with the protection and the blessing of the Lord. In Jesus' name, God bless you. God bless you. This is Pastor Brian from Chapel of Change. We love you and hope to worship with you soon in person.